Howdy gang, looks like we're live here. This AM, over at the uh, Early Bird Podcast Sessions, Stefan Maia is my name, addedsouls.com is the website. And uh, it's uh, Wednesday, isn't it? And on Wednesday, our themed sessions are in study. And we've been studying through the book of Genesis, and it's been wonderful. Quite adventurous, isn't it? Imagine if Hollywood just made movies that were accurate to the text of the Holy Bible. Man, they don't need to add anything. They don't need to remove anything from there. They just need to make the movies accurate <laughs> to the text. And uh, they would be blockbuster hits every other every other uh, release. But, uh, you know, the way of the world is not to keep the scriptures accurate, of course. It is to manipulate, corrupt, pervert, remove, and add, and do this and do that. And Sadly, a great many of our brethren fall prey to those things, don't they? So... In a effort of opposition against the erroneous teachings that are found out there from all angles, if you will, you and I, today on Wednesdays, we uh, take the time to exegete, right? Exegesis, the text. We just go through it, and we allow ourselves a running commentary at times. We give ourselves moments of practical application, because what use is Genesis to us if it has no bearing benefit to our faith this day and hour? Well, it does, of course. It may not have been written to us. Moses didn't sit down way back over there thousands of years ago and say, let me write a letter to the people of the you know, 20th century or whatnot. Now, is it for us? Is it applicable to our lives? Well, absolutely. It is the penmanship of the Holy Spirit. Men who wrote this book, governed by God, uh, uh, did so, uh, of course, uh, through the instruction that was allowed to them, miraculously, in a supernatural way. And uh, the information, of course, of this perfect law of liberty is for all mankind, for as long as God allows us to exist on this earth. And so we go to Genesis and we will be in chapter 43. Genesis 43, where we will see the return uh, to Egypt from Joseph's brothers there, his siblings. And uh, also this time around, Joseph will get to see Benjamin, his youngest uh, sibling there. And we'll kind of look at that. A bit of housekeeping, obviously. Please consider giving us a thumbs up, liking, sharing, perhaps share the link from whichever department you find yourself in, because we are streaming live in a great many locations, Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and, and Rumble. And of course, afterwards, it will be uploaded in the audio format over at Substack, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and various other locations. So please consider doing that. And if you are willing and able, uh, you can support this work. And we function, the studio here, and the ministry, and the mission, and all the work we do through the Maya family, we function through God's good grace and your willingness to have the compassion uh, to support financially. And you can do that by signing up over at addedsouls.locals.com, or you can send donations over at PayPal. The email address is addedsouls at gmail.com. And we labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ over here in New Brunswick, Canada. Reach out to us if you have concerns or questions. You'd like to have a video chat, perhaps, or a phone call, uh, email interactions. Whatever is necessary, my dear friends, is available to you. So we are going to put the uh, the, uh, the scriptures on, on the visual here so that we can go about it together, you and I. There we go. The Return to Egypt, chapter 43 of Genesis, verses 1 through 15. Let's go through it together, shall we? Now the famine was severe in the land. Remember, there's a famine that has taken place. Joseph was successful in Egypt, though a great many challenges came his way. Uh, he was successful because God was with him. He was faithful to God, and God saw him through uh, a great many trials and temptations, if you will, moments of desperation, moments in which he could have lost his life easily. But he overcame those moments as a success story because God was with him and he with God. Of course, always to the providential winds, confirmation to God's will and testament to be fulfilled. And there was a famine, and Joseph had the ability uh, given to him uh, by God, of course, the information from God to tell Pharaoh 
the dreams and reveal the dreams and the uh, the meaning of the dreams so as to have precaution and security and be prepared for the coming famine. And of course, Pharaoh was wise to recognize that and allow Joseph authority and leadership to make sure that while the rest of these geographical locations were going to be found starving to death, that Egypt could provide uh, nourishment. And of course, you can go back to the archived videos if you seek to go uh, study those uh, chapters and those verses prior. By all means, I encourage you to do that. So here we are today in our session in chapter 43. Now the famine was severe in, uh, in, in the land, right? And as a result of that, it came about when they had finished eating the grain. This is, of course, uh, from chapter 42. The siblings of Joseph's siblings were sent by their father, of course, to go acquire some nourishment. They make it there. Joseph recognizes his brothers. He knows who they are, but they don't recognize him. So a great many emotional investments. Time has passed, and uh, he utilizes that moment to... Uh, perhaps teach them a lesson or, of course, perhaps pan out the, um, the opportunity to recognize in them a humble heart, a, repent a repenting heart, perhaps. He wanted to know if they were still the same brothers who tried to sell him off or murder him, uh, who were jealous and bitter against him, or if they had lived a bit of life and had been humbled. And, of course, all of that takes place in chapter 42. So, Conditions had been set by Joseph to his siblings to go back, and Joseph was kind and gracious to give them nourishment at no cost and sent them back to go see their father uh, traveling that journey. And they did. They went back to their father, and they had things to say to their father about whom they perceived, of course, to be the leadership there in Egypt and how he didn't seem to be very kind to them. However, still allowed them to have food and their own money and go back. So that's kind of the setting here and context to what's taking place as we launch in chapter 43. Now the famine was severe in the land, so it came about when they had finished eating the grain which they had uh, 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 brought from Egypt that their father said to them, go back, buy us a little food. Okay, now, again, this is a necessity. It's not a, well, you know, let's just have ourselves some fun here and go on a bit of an adventure for a few days and just go do this and do that. No, this is this was not an option. We, we need nourishment. We need to eat. If not, we die. We perish. We understand that, don't we? Well, to a certain degree in the Western world, we're so spoiled rotten, if you will, in the common slang. Uh, we have food at our disposal at all times. We just open the fridge, right, or go to the grocery store. However, these days, we seem to be etching or eroding closer to the point where we will appreciate bread. Once you've been in line for it eight hours, at $50 a loaf, or with a ticket, uh, we tend to recognize that maybe food's a blessing, and we should thank God for food all over again. <laughs> all right, well, let's keep moving forward here. So this is what's been commanded of uh, the uh, siblings of Joseph. And uh, Judah spoke to him, however, saying... And Judah had some things to say. We spoke about that also over in chapter 42. Judah seems to be this voice of reason here, this older voice of reason. Yet not enough, of course, to do what's right in an active way, but caught up with the mix and the persuasion of his fellow siblings. So Judah spoke to him, however, saying, The man solemnly warned us, Dad. <laughs> the leader over there, to which, again, he has no idea it's Joseph. So he says, this guy solemnly warned us, you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Like, we can't just go back there and stroll there and be like, oh, oops, we forgot. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> what time did he tell us to be here again? I forgot all about punctuality. You know, no, this is not uh, an option here, Dad. Like, we can't just go there and stroll and ask for food again. Like, you don't understand. This was a... This was a, a an uncertain moment for us. We thought we were going to be put in jail for life there, or we were going to be murdered. I mean, they did. I mean, he did, <laughs> right? So you can see you can see the atmosphere of the uh, interaction uh, taking place here with great concern from Judah to his father, and uh, he's making him recognize, like, listen, we can't go back there without Benjamin. It's just not going to happen. If you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy your food. Like this. This is the condition. This has to be done. Like, we know how serious this is. So we just 
just needs to be done. If you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy your food. At times, listen, we are set in a corner where we must oblige. There's no other direction for it. Now, mind you, nothing here is um, uh, corrupt. We could not participate in anything that would be corrupt. But at this instance, Judah and his siblings, they have to submit to the governing powers. Think of it. They have to submit to the governing powers. Nothing here is against their God. Nothing here goes against uh, the doctrine of the great I Am uh, and uh, their ability to uh, worship and to uh, give praise and to act according to the law. They were, of course, uh, living in that section of uh, the patriarch and also, of course, the um, stewardship of time, the dispensation in which they lived. That nothing here was taking place that would damage that. If it did, they would have been wise not to participate in that. In accordance, of course, if you seek scriptural illustration, Daniel. Daniel was told he was not allowed by sociopolitical powers and policies. The government told he could not worship God, but he did anyways. Why? Because worshiping God is more important. That's why we must fear God and not man. Well, this is not the scenario here. This is not the case. This is not them being defiant to the government or anything. The government in this power, through the Egyptian policy, led here by the authority of Joseph, to which they are not recognizing, is giving them some conditions that they must submit to. And so they do. They have to. Nothing here is lawless. It's lawful. It's conditional. And it's uncertain. And I can see how it brings in them perhaps some, uh, um, how should I say, anxieties, maybe, in our common tongue. If you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy the food. That can happen. But if you do not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, like, this is, this is the reason. It's not just because we just don't want to. That's not, that's, what, that's not what's going on, Dad. We want to go here, man. Like, listen, just pay attention to what we're saying. Listen, we can't go there without Benjamin. The leader of the Egyptian power, which allows us the commerce to purchase, acquire grain, food for this family, is command like has set forth a policy, a condition to which we cannot maneuver around. There's no talking our way out of this one. This is how this has to happen. That's it. If we do not. Uh, if you do not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, you will not see my face unless your brother is with you. And of course, to the wisdom and insight of Joseph, knowing he wanted all his siblings there, and at the end, of course, his family, to which he had since forgotten and thanked God for. Thank you, Lord, for having given me a new life here, such a wonderful experience over here, and uh, blessings to be successful, and to have responsibility and priority. Thank you, God, so much for healing me away from the pain and devastation of these toxic individuals who were my family, whom I loved. The deep sorrow and pain and trials and temptation, all of it that lasted for years, everything that happened to me. Thank you, Lord, for healing me, for helping me to persevere and giving me a new work, a new insight, a new, this, this love. Uh, thank you so much for helping me forget all about that pain and all about those moments that took place from those nearest and dearest to me. Thank you, Lord. And then all of a sudden, his siblings appear. Why? Because it was the right time. You know what's interesting? I had had enough of relationships way back in 2006. I had had enough of relationships. I had been in toxic relationships, and uh, they were just bad deals, you know. And so uh, at that point in my life, living as a pagan, as a heathen, if you will, I was like, I don't want to be in any relationship with any women. Of course, I want women. I'm attracted by that gender, if you will, in a very carnal and immoral uh, way of the world, if you will, back then in my past life. But to get into myself involved into a relationship, like I have to be somehow committed to one woman now. I'm not doing that again. That's a mess. I'm not going to. No, no. My idea of that was just not, no, no way. And so I had finally cleansed myself of this idea that I had to. I can be independent. Lonely is just a, you know, description of a way. I mean, I'm, I got my own house. I got my own life. I'm doing well financially. Why would I burden myself 
with a relationship with the Lord. And then guess who I met? My wife. Interesting how that happens at times in our lives. We think ourselves so firmly convinced of a thing. Yep, this is it. It's done. Thank you for a lot. Thank you, life, for allowing me to be independent and not think myself needing to have a relationship. Boom, here comes a relationship. And not only just any other relationship, but the one in which, of course, lasted. And what a blessing it has been. Joseph's like, it's finally done. My past life, everything that took place there with my siblings, my family, the, <laughs> the, the hurt that came through that. Man, that's a trauma that just doesn't go away. And uh, he's finally healed. He's got a lot of good work now. He's preoccupied with all this good stuff. He's focused on it. Thank you, God, for allowing me to heal and taking me away from all those regretful moments and those pains and traumas. And boom, here comes his brethren. <laughs> here comes his brothers, his siblings. God knows when's the right time, doesn't he? God's providence knows the time when bridges are to be built again or that redemptive hearts have been found, that there has been uh, humbleness, uh, to you know, all these things. So... Don't trust your heart. That's a bad... Don't do that. Trust God. Trust God. Do what God says. Allow God's timeline to take to take uh, place. Again, I always go back to Sarah. Sarah and Abraham. Going back through the lineage of the accounts we're reading here. And the turmoil and chaos and division that happened because they did not take the time to trust God. To have faith. Now, they were faithful, obviously. And they persevered through those moments of foolishness to which their faith was diminished to the point where they said, well, let's take, them, let's take these matters in our own hand. Why don't you sleep with my servant girl here and we'll have ourselves a baby? <laughs> they shouldn't have done that. You know. But you can see how, again, we are wise to just have... That's why we learn patience through temptation. We're tempted to act upon things immediately. And at times, that's not the right way. We have to take time, take a break, take a breath, think about these things. Dad, listen. This man told us we can't go back there unless Benjamin's with us. This is the only way we're going to make it. This is not a debate. This is how we're going to have to do this, Dad. Okay? So then Israel said, this is what he says. He says, why did you treat me so badly by telling the man whether you still had another brother? <laughs> You're not necessarily lying if you just omit the fact that you have another brother. Is everyone here? Yeah, of course, we're all here. It's a matter of perspective, perhaps. Why are you entering China? To go visit friends. They don't need to know that I'm going there to evangelize or host a gospel meeting of sorts or be a speaker for the gospel in a location of the world where it's illegal. What are you here for? I'm here to see some friends. It's not a lie. I've obviously been invited by brethren who are underground over there. Think. Sometimes you got to be wise. Yeah. So here's Israel saying, what's the matter with you? <laughs> you coconut heads. <laughs> Why did you have to go and say that? Like, there was no need for it. No, of course, to his ignorance, Joseph knew. Joseph knew that. Like, you weren't going to omit anything. Joseph recognized his siblings. He knows who the family is. It's his, his family. So even if they would have said, yeah, we're all here. Uh, there's no one else at home. He would have been like, yeah, sure, right. Okay, but his dad don't know that. His dad's been deceived by them himself, by his own children. Joseph's been devoured by wild beasts, dad. That, that's my... <laughs> man, oh man. That's why we learn so much by going to these witnessed accounts recorded for us. We learn what happens, the consequences of lawlessness. When you're deceiving, you're toxic, you lie, you, you, you manipulate, you see what happens. And sadly, the same result, believe it or not, guys, the same result takes place today when these same lawless actions and practices are active. Why did you treat me so badly? You know, you did this towards me. By telling that man, which is Benjamin, uh, which is uh, Joseph, by the way, whether you still had another brother. Why 
did Joseph, to which they don't know as Joseph, why did he need to know that Benjamin was here? What's the matter with you? But they said, of course, well, the man questioned particularly about us and our relatives. Like he knew this information. He's some kind of a prophet. I don't know. He just, he knew what was going on. And this is what he said. Is your father still alive? Have you another brother? You know, it's interesting. It's interesting. Really, it is. How did he have that information? How does he have that information? How could he? Think. Why didn't they think? Oh, wait a minute. How do you know we have a father? And how do you know we have... I've already had those moments. Don't you live here? Don't you live there? Aren't you with this one and that one? To which I'm like, who are you again? Do I know you? No, no, you don't know me. Well, I think we do. And you know me somehow. Gotta get those, you know, those red flags. They mean something. Ding, 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 ding. Spidey senses have to kick in here. Is your father still alive? Have you another brother? So we answered his questions. Dad, we just answered them. Like we weren't trying to be uh, ignorant here or simple-minded in any way. We just, he knew, he asked about it. We weren't going to lie. <laughs> not at this stage of their history, of course. That would not have been a problem prior. So we answered his questions. Could we possibly know that he would say, bring your brother down? Like this was not, we were caught off guard, dad. We didn't know what to say, but just, okay, we'll do what you say. Like, I mean, so Judah says to his father, Israel, here's Judah again. He got stuff to say, Judah. Send the lad with me and we will arise and go that we may live and not die. We as well as you and your little ones. All right, let's stop the arguments here. It's enough. All right, let's calm things down here. Listen. This is what's happening. You send Benjamin with me, Judah, and we'll go. Why? Why? Here's why we need to stop bickering about these things of whose fault it is. Because if we don't, we die. If we don't go, we die. That's all there is to it. Had a humorous moment. Moment. We had a, we had a humorous moment. We had a humorous moment, of course, my wife and I, we, we do that. Or I, I lovingly uh, uh, pick at her in a decent way, of course. And I'll, I'll say things randomly, right? We're, we're in the kitchen and we're prepping food or whatnot. And I'll just be like, you know, once war comes to our shore, and we're close. It's almost there. Once war comes to our shore, we will have to eat the dog. <laughs> to which she sighs, you know, like... Bay, I think everything's going to be fine. You know, that's the worldview of my wife, to which I appreciate and love because we need that. You know, I'm the guy that's like, everything will be destroyed. We will have to cook the dog for survival, kid. <laughs> Children, we will have to, we will have to cook the dog for survival at war, which of course is a humorous thing, a real thing, mind you. That, 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 that happened. It's been recorded in history, but. Bless my wife, is she so kind, you know, and her worldview is so perspective, pers with the perspective of positive thought, you know, like, huh. I think we'll be just fine. I think we'll be just fine. Well, if we're caught in a moment where, obviously, that happens, we'll eat the dog. <laughs> we are going to die if we don't do this, Dad, so Benjamin's coming with me and we're going to go visit. That's it. That's what we're going to do. It's going to have to happen. Look, that we may live and not die. It just is what it is. We, as well as you and our little ones. So we are going back and forth here about whose fault it is, this, that, and the other, and we should have been smarter this way and that way. Hey, listen, it the past has since passed. We're living in the now. Dad, we're here now, and here's what's up. 
we're all going to die if I don't go there with Benjamin. That's it. End of discussion. I myself, he says, verse 9, I myself will be uh, uh, surety for him. You may hold me responsible for him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame before you forever. This may be Judah's way. Of course, and Judah spoke up before this over in chapter 42. Again, I encourage you to go check out the archived uh, videos there if you want to study along or catch up with it. Judah's been speaking up, hasn't he? Um, That's a result of inner turmoil with his conscience. It may not have produced the full measurement of repentance it needed to or needs to, but it's certainly getting closer. As you see his his interactions throughout the chapters, from the very beginning, he voiced out, hey, we shouldn't do this. And, and if, if you want to do a character study and you want to look at that lineage and you find yourself a lot of studies and things to proclaim, there you go. Go look at Judah. Look at his interaction. What are the things he's saying? Why is he thinking that way? <laughs> Takes wisdom, insight. He lived a bit of life. He recognized stuff. No. His conscience is weary on him. He knows what's going on. And it's not right, and he knows it. So he's ready at this point in his repentance and seeking of renewal, if you will, to give this sign of loyalty to his father. Listen, I'm, I will be the one held responsible. It's about time I take myself with accountability. It's about time we look into ourselves and we hold ourselves accountable. Accountability. I will be accountable to Benjamin and to you. So that's a strong word, of course, of bond. And uh, the text moves forward in verse 10. For if we had not delayed, surely by now we could have returned twice. Uh, If only our politicians would understand that policy. (laughs) <laughs> or at times, dare I say, with all love and respect, some elderships, some leaderships. Oh, well, let's have ourselves 23 meetings before making a decision if we're going to support this mission or support or give out of benevolence to this brother or sister or whatnot. Well, the brother or sister has since been evicted. <laughs> They've since been starving now. It's been a year. That you've been in meetings. We've had to lose the mission. We've had to lose this. We've had to... Like, it's a thing. It's not always a thing. But it is a thing. And I think most of us who have walked this earth for a given time and experienced faith uh, within the legality of our citizenry in the kingdom, uh, we've come across these things. I've been starving for a week I'm a worker. I do what's right. I live faithfully. My resume is transparent. Will you support? Well, we got a few meetings to have a year later. Yeah, so we were looking at our budget and um, it just, you know, it just doesn't fit. We'll pray for you. (laughs) Dad, here we are having all these uh creating all these bureaucratic red tapes, if you will. We should just do it. It's what's right. It's what needs to be done. We have to do it. It's going to happen. Let's do it. We could have done this twice by now. Now, from the other angle, there is utility to have a time of reason and hash out with precaution what's taking place here. I assure you, that is wise. For our elders, for our leaders, you just don't have a knee-jerk reaction to something, because then you might be, you might find yourself swindled by fraud, uh, fraudulent individuals. You may find yourself uh, contributing or enabling something evil. Take the time to know things. I assure you, sometimes in in, in mission fields, you have uh, corrupt, fraudulent individuals who creep in and they solicit funds from you, and they put on this this image, and you visit them, and they put on this image. It's an act. They're stealing from you. 
So it's wise that they had themselves a moment to congregate and talk about what's taking place over there in Egypt, but not to the point where it has drug on, where it's become now this, this nebulous, never-ending oubliette where well, nothing gets done. Dead. So there's kind of like a, a grace period to which we have to get together and, and have conversations about these things. But it's not meant to go on forever, where we lose the opportunity. For if we had not delayed, surely, by now, we could have returned twice. We've wasted time. We've, we've wasted some time here. Then their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, like there's no way around this, we're all frustrated, it's time for a decision. If, if this is the case, then do this. Here, here's, here's the command. Take some of the best products of the land in your bags and carry down to the man as a present. A little balm and a little honey, aromatic gum and myrrh, pistachio nuts and almonds. Oh man, I like pistachio. I like pistachios and almonds, man. These are gifts... These are gifts um, that would be utilized for friendship, extending a hand of fellowship and thanks and gifts. And It's amazing to me. Some brethren miss this. They miss the mark. Growth comes through hospitality and the ability to sit down and have a meal over here with the East Coast congregation. Our leadership was wise to set forth from the very beginning that we will fellowship with each other and share a meal once a week. Together as an assembly, a collective group of believers, and also independently, where the membership, in part, uh, take the opportunity to get together with one another in their homes, and have conversations and share faith. Moments of discouragement, moments of fear and concern, moments of joy and pleasure, moments of goals, speaking of purpose, and creating with our thoughts the ingenuity God has blessed us with to have benevolence and uh, proclaiming the good news. Bring forth these gifts, Dad says. Dad says, go, go, go to this man, this leader, and bring him the best we have. Now, that was wise, obviously. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an extension. It's an extending one's arm in a very friendly way. You can tip the waitress. Tip the waitress and tip very well. Do so. It leaves an impression, doesn't it? Open the door. Say thank you. Be courteous. Be thoughtful, be kind, be selfless in public, in the community, with neighbors, co-workers, friends, family. Be a giving person. It does a lot of good. It, 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 it produces. It produces. Self-righteous, pharisaical, or diatrophic individuals, they push people away. They condemn people. They think they're doing what's right. They're not. They're lost. Don't be that way. Do this. Take some of the best products of the land in your bags and carry down to the man as a present. A little balm, a little honey, aromatic gum and myrrh, pistachio nuts and almonds. Do that. Take double, verse 12, the money in your hand and take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was a mistake. Maybe there's a mistake and you don't want to be found guilty of that because that would be really bad for our family. Basically, again, we go back to where we're at. We'd all die. So bring it back. Bring it back. Verse 13. Take your brother also and arise. Return to the man. And may God Almighty grant you compassion in the sight of the man. Do what's right. Bring these gifts, which are the best we have. Give him the best you have. 
And at times that just might be $5, but at times that might be 5000 Give him the best. And do as he had said. Bring your brother. But all of this means nothing if it is not through God Almighty granting you compassion in the sight of this individual. Remember, God was with Joseph, which is why Joseph was successful. If you all want to be successful on this journey, you need to bring all these gifts and you need to have God, uh, God's blessing. Of course, God knows exactly what's happening. He's orchestrated this moment through his providence. God Almighty grant you compassion in the sight of the man so that he will release to you your other brother and Benjamin. And as for me, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. So I'm ready to accept the consequence, the results of your journey back over there. I will have done everything I can to prevent any further loss of my children, any further sorrow and trauma, pain, trial, temptation. I will have done everything in my disposal, in my wisdom, in the way I am currently at in my life. I will have done everything I can. I will not... I can't give any more. This is, this is what I have to give. Bring the best we have. Bring back the money. Bring your brother. And uh, we pray God will have compassion. We pray God Almighty will bless this journey and that uh, compassion from this man will be had upon you. If anything goes wrong, if I'm to lose all of you or lose another, then that is what it is, and I'll deal with it. That's it. So the men took this present, verse 15, and they took double the money in their hand, and Benjamin. Then they arose and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. That's what they did. Man, like that's, that's quite the account. That's quite the moment here that has been taking place in this household. As, as families in our household, we deal with a lot of stuff. And there are a great many practical applications, of course, that we see here. And the things taking place. Yes, it's good that we have ourselves a conversation, but not the conversation that lasts too long because then we miss out the opportunity. We've been told to do this, do that. I mean, there's so many angles here. So this moves us uh, forward, of course, in the text in verse 16 through 34. Please consider subscribing, giving a thumbs up, a comment, like, share, share this link, share this content far and wide. By all means, please consider supporting this work. You can sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. No amount is too low or too high. You can give donations through PayPal. Email address addedsouls at gmail.com. We labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ over here in New Brunswick, Canada. And we are a part of this wonderful mission, this growing church. Get involved. Reach out to me. Let's have a, let's have a conversation. Okay, so Joseph here uh, is going to see Benjamin. Uh, very emotional stuff. I mean, we're talking about separation and trauma and, and all these things at the hand of lawless practices, lawless uh, uh, moments, and it, it's just powerful stuff going on. So let's read. When Joseph saw Benjamin, as they made their way back to Egypt with Benjamin, when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to his house steward, Bring the men into the house and slay an animal and make ready, for the men are to dine with me at noon. So he's setting everything up. He's setting everything up. He sees this. It must have been so emotional for him to see his brothers again that way and to see his... I mean, put yourself in his shoes. You want to strangle him, but at the same time you want to hug him. You, you, you love them. But man, did they ever give you a lot of problems in life, a lot of pain. 
So the man did as Joseph said and brought the men to Joseph's house. Now the men were afraid. Well, yeah, I'd be afraid. Because they were brought to Joseph's house. Like, why is this happening? This can't be good, can it? I mean, their thoughts are still with the first engagement that took place uh, the first time they went there. And what happened there? The guy wasn't too nice to us, man. What's going on here? He wants us in his house. And they said, it is because of the money that was returned in our sacks that the first time that we are being brought in, it is because of the money that was returned in our sacks the first time that we are being brought in. This is what's going on, that he may seek occasion against us and fall upon us and take us for slaves with our donkeys. This is nefarious. This is a plot to have us found guilty. He's setting us up. He's setting us up. Are you blind, man? <laughs> He's setting us up. This is why this is happening. That must have been a scary thought, right? Great. The governing powers who have the authority to capital punishment, life imprisonment, harsh living. They can apprehend us right here and now, and that's it. It's the end of it. It's the end of it for us. I know why we're here. He's going to blame us for that money. He set us up. He's a dishonest man. He's a deceiver, a manipulator. So, verse 19, they came near to Joseph's house, steward. The individual who is to be a good steward of Joseph's house. And spoke to him at the entrance of the house. See, desperation will have you trying to find some answers, maybe, and said... Oh, my Lord, we indeed came down the first time to buy food. We need to, <laughs> we need to get this out here, uh, right here and now, so that we may have a chance here, or we may have an opportunity, more accurately in word description, we may have an opportunity here to alleviate the consequence to come. We need defense. We need to defend ourselves. Oh, my. Oh, well, oh. Like, excuse me, sir, my lord, sir, we indeed came down the first time to buy food. This is what we, this is why we came the first time. And it came about when we came to the lodging place that we opened our sacks and behold, each man's money was in the mouth of his sack. Our money in full. So we have brought it back in our hand. Listen, listen, listen. We don't, <laughs> we don't want any trouble here. Just hear us out, please. Sir, kind sir, listen. When we came here, this is what we found out. This is what we came to do. We came to buy food, but we found out that the money had been put in. And listen, we just want to give it back. We don't want any, any trouble. We have also brought down other money in our hand to buy food. We don't want any trouble. We just want the ability, the opportunity to purchase some food. If not, we die. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. They're being transparent. They're being honest. They're being sincere. They're being genuine. They're being authentic. They're desperate. They want to save their lives. And they want food so that they can sustain their, their lives. This is not an option. This is not an opinion. This is, it has to be done. It must be done. We have to do it. It must be done. So he said, this is what the steward of Joseph's house said, be at ease, take a breath, relax, don't be afraid. There's no need to have this anxiety, this fear, okay? Your God, your God, and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. The reason your bags were found with that money, and here it is, the mutual connection in faith. 
the God you worship just so happens to be the same God Joseph is submissive to. And therein is the blessing. It's a, it's a profound it's a profound statement. You can you can dive deep in its applications. Your God, you guys, Joseph's siblings, your God, and the God of your father, the one who sent you here. And of course, the ancestral lineage to it, of course. The God that has that you have known from the beginning has given you treasure in your sacks. It's not nefarious. It's not sinister. It's not a plot to have you found guilty. It's a blessing. It's a gift. It's love. It's a fellowship. I had your money. Then he brought Simon out to them. Interesting, isn't it? Then the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water. That's thoughtful. That's hospitable. That extends friendship. And it is, of course, transparent and honest, though we must recognize and discern that the devil can certainly utilize these activities for nefarious reasons. And for some of us who have witnessed the reception of um, these sorts, we know the damage they can do. So this here, though, is a time of repair. The man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water. And they washed their feet and they gave their donkeys fodder. They're being taken care of. And it's for the right motive. It's for the right motive. So they prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon. For they had heard that they were to eat at a meal there. Look at, look at, look. I mean, you got you to gotta look at the big picture here. From how this all began and the years in between and the things that have taken place. There is a lot of history here. You couldn't just walk into this family and think you know it all and think you know what's going on and take advantage of them and their weaknesses and make a chaos and create further division as we know takes place, sadly. Pride wouldn't, has no place here. Pride caused a lot of this damage. Repentance from pride now. It's time for healing. It's time to set the cards on the table. It's time to repair. So when Joseph came home, they brought into the house to him the present which was in their hand and bowed to the ground before him. An act of submissiveness, an act of willingness to have discourse in a civil, mature way, fellowship being extended, kindness. But what's going on though, right? What's happening here? They're not the only ones who are traveling to Egypt to purchase grain, to purchase food. What's happening? Well, then he asked about their welfare and said, Is your old father well, of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? How's the family? How's the family? How's your wife? How's your children? And not just a passing question, if you will. I'm genuinely interested. I, I, I care about your life. How are you? How are you doing? How is your father doing? See, it just so happens that he's acquiring information about his own father to his brothers. Is he still alive? And they said, your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. And they bowed down in homage. Again, their countenance, their facial expressions, their uh, behavior, their bodily movements, and everything that is happening is a uh, discernment 
of their uh, willingness to be humble and have um, a safety and security and kindness. So as he lifted his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, he said, Is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? I mean, we're holding back everything we can at this moment from not just falling down and crying and weeping and hugging each other, right? I mean, this is how... how Joseph's really testing himself to see how far he can go, how far he can go to remain composed and, 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 and having this information received and, and, and engaging this here landscape. And he said, may God be gracious to you, my son. Of course, a term of endearment and familiar, fam uh, familiar connection uh, to the situation. So Joseph, Joseph hurried out. Joseph hurried out for he was deeply stirred over his brother. And he sought a place to weep. And he entered his chamber and wept there. Some of us understand that, that pain. I personally know what that I personally know what kind of pain that is to have been severed by the works of evil, evil people who crept in unnoticed in our lives. I know the pain that is caused by divisive brethren, prideful brutes. I, I, I can recognize that pain and I know some of you can as well. But here, to the full circle of that pain and that sorrow and that deep hurt and temptation and trial, light comes, hope comes. But it is such an overwhelming emotional moment. I mean, how I'm, a, I'm truly fascinated at how Joseph made it this far, which again goes to show how God had molded him in a vessel of utility for the greater good of his will and how Joseph was blessed with wisdom and blessed with self-control and blessed with these abilities to recognize right from wrong and to, have, uh, again, just be productive. So then he washed his face and came out and he controlled himself and said, serve the meal so he gains composure takes a breath he knows what's happening here it's very deep it's very emotional so they served him by himself and then and 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 them by themselves and the egyptians who ate with him by themselves because the reason this was being done, the Egyptians could not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is loathsome to the Egyptians. Interesting, isn't it? There's a lot to be said about that one. God made Joseph successful. Joseph persevered and became victorious through God as a leader given much authority in a land of the pagan and the heathen, where they themselves have their own codes and their own system of law. Yet still, a cooperation was extended with Joseph and his God, our God, the living God. And there was the ability to have mature, connection, despite the fact that there was such a division in worldview and belief. That's powerful. We need Christians who have the courage and strength to infiltrate our political arenas all over again, 
with the same cause, to be successful for God. Why? There's just one purpose, to allow us peace and policy, to proclaim Christ. Okay, bit of an excursion. Back to the text. For what? For that is the loathsome to the Egyptians. For that is loathsome to the Egyptians. Now, verse 33, they were seated before him, the firstborn according to his birthright and the youngest according to his youth. And, and the men looked at one another in astonishment. Astonished by it. What's happening here? What's taking place? Well, he took portions to them from his own table. But Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. So they feasted and drank freely with him. And that, of course, brings an end to the chapter and to our session, Lord willing, to continue next Wednesday for our study-themed sessions. Interesting. He took portions to them from his own table. But Benjamin's portions was five times as much as any of theirs. The more so you are found accountable is in direct coalition with how, how much you should know. Uh, what do I mean? Let me, let, me, let me hash out the thought. Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed Jesus Christ, his best friend, one of, was described by Jesus himself as the one having the greater sin. How so? Because Judas should have known better. He should have known better. If a six-year-old does something in the house that he shouldn't do, will he receive the same measurement of discipline as the 16-year-old? No. No. There is a measurement in judgment. That's called justice. And when it works, it works well. But when it becomes corrupt, it don't work so well, do it. Well, some of these bro brothers, they should have known what they were doing was wrong. They should have known that what they were part of was wrong. And perhaps Benjamin was innocent in his age to all of this that had taken place. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes when there is opportunity to mend, to build bridge, those who are the culprits of division, those who are filled with pride and control, they're held at a higher standard of accountability than the innocent who might have just been recruited or devoured through their innocence being taken advantage of. These things happen in life. And sadly, they happen in the church. A great many things to see here and recognize. Certainly, a great many things to discuss. But that'll end for our session this day. Again, by all means, my friends, addedsouls.locals.com. Sign up. You'll have some um, exclusive content there for you, too. You can send a PayPal donation, addedsouls at gmail.com. We labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ over here in New Brunswick, Canada, a healthy and faithful church. You can reach out to us. We can have a conversation, all that wonderful stuff. Uh, this is how we function, through God's good grace. Check out the itinerary. From Monday to Friday, we go live 10 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time. Each day has its theme. Check that out. Like, share, comment, all that good stuff. Lord willing, tomorrow for our topical sessions. And if you have yourself uh, a topic you'd like for us to address, send it over. We'll put it in the queue, and we will certainly address it in the weeks coming. Stay focused, stay positive. We shall talk to each other again later on.
Peace out.